All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. So excited to be able to chat here on this Sunday, right before the final football weekend. Uh, we wanted to sneak this in uh, just before everything kind of gets a little crazy today. Uh, I'm with my guy, Swipe a Cam. Swipe, how you doing, my guy? I'm doing well, brother. Ready for... Uh... Ready for another day. Hopefully, uh, Denver Nuggets win. But uh, <laughs> are you sure? Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Throw some balling out later. Yeah, Jared Stidham just uh, just rolling right along. Let's go. Uh, mm-hmm. Should be uh, should be interesting to see. We're we're uh, hopeful for our guy Cody uh, Cody Rourke that he continues to uh, get some positive feedback and positive stuff that that happened over there. It's it's not been a positive season for the Denver Broncos, but it has been a positive season for the Denver Nuggets swipe uh, until uh, till Friday. It was it was a a very feel good story for Denver. Thursday they go into Golden State. They're down 18 points midway through the fourth quarter, and lo and behold, they come back. They have this amazing comeback victory, and then they have the toughest back to back of all, where you go west to east. You have to play against a team that you don't really have a scout on because one, you haven't really had time to scout them. And two, because they had half their rotation out, but it just didn't matter because they just had the legs and Denver struggled and Denver made mistakes. And and notably, Jamal Murray made a bunch of mistakes and they lose that game at the buzzer. And it was was too bad. Yeah, you know, I think in the context of the whole season, you know, these losses, they, they happened. You know, there was such a high around the NBA after Joker made that shot. Uh, over Kavon Moody, and they beat the Golden State Warriors as being down 18 and silencing uh, Steve Kerr when he had been going at uh, Jokic for trying to get a foul call on, on Podzinski. And, uh, bro, it was just the conflation of high emotion, travel, a road schedule. Jalen Thugs, seven of eight from seven of nine from three career high. Paulo had 18 free throws himself. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a lot of different things. 19, actually. You know, I think it was just a game where the Nuggets just ran out of gas at one point in time, and they just could not get back up on the horse. They got up they got up 18 themselves in the third quarter, and they just couldn't close the door like they normally would have. So, you know, it's definitely frustrating. You wish they would have won. They would have been locked into the second seed right now. But, you know, stuff happens. It's the NBA. It's the NBA. It's a long season. I think people will they'll remember this back to back. They'll remember how awesome it was and then how disappointing it was. But it's also still among 82 games. And if you're going to lose a game, like losing a game against an Eastern Conference opponent isn't the worst thing in the world. But uh, no, I, I think I think people are going to get really frustrated and have been like just just clearly been frustrated uh, with how well Jamal. Uh, I know how well Nicola and Mike were scoring, especially throughout the game, just very efficient, very um, effective in their minutes. And those guys were dominating in their time. And Jamal wasn't dominating in his time. I think he put up 20 points on 23 shots, did have nine assists and seven rebounds and like did try to get the ball moving to Nicola specifically, but uh, not necessarily as much to Mike and not necessarily as much to anybody outside of the two-man game. And clearly that 
rattled a lot of Nuggets fans in a situation where this has happened before where Mike's been iced out a little bit. He took one shot in the final 18 minutes, and that's that's just not good enough. Yeah, I just think people are just kind of tripping a little bit. I mean, Jamal Murray, since they got on this 10-3 and three winning streak they've been on, he has a 60 true shooting. He's averaging 22, 6 assists, and 5 rebounds, and he's shooting. And again, this is with him missing his 11 of his last 12 three-pointers. He's hitting 49, 42, 88 from the field, and they've been utterly dominant in the minutes that he's been playing. So some of this is like, yeah, I get the frustration. You know, Jamal Murray took 23 shots. That's too much. His usage is too high. But guess what? You know who's also conceding his usage because he doesn't want to be dribbling the ball the entire game? It's Jokic. Jokic's usage is down precipitously. Like, he is absolutely coasting, not coasting in a way that Michael Malone was talking about, like, not trying. But in terms of just, like, his overall use and what he's trying to make happen in the last 13 games especially, and again, especially since Jamal Murray's been back, He's just been like a little bit of a different player. Now, I will say this. Joker has been very strategic with his shot. You know, again, last 13 games for Joker, he's only averaging 22 points a game. He's not scoring a whole lot. The difference is, is that Joker's shooting 65, 48, 91. Solid. So, yeah, his whole thing has been, why would I need to force a shot if we're all healthy? Why do I need to do all this if we're all healthy, we're all cooking? It is what it is. And, again, I think some of this is the Nuggets, we're going to talk about this in a minute. They need to figure out their staggering with their bench unit. But, y'all, playoff stagger is going to be Jamal and AG plus maybe Porter or Jamal, AG plus KCP or Jamal, AG plus whoever. They're not going to do that throughout the entire regular season. That's just too much. So, again, I think some of this is it will be fixed to a degree because they're going to have different lineup variations come playoffs. Most of this, though, is I just don't think Jamal Murray and Reggie Jackson work. Because I don't think Jamal Murray next to another ball handling guard has typically been what works best. Now, Bruce Brown maybe, but you need somebody who is a clear-cut, better POA defender uh, than Jamal, I think, to be playing next to him. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I think there's there is clearly – so I think one thing that I'm trying to get past to people is that Murray's not the devil here. Like there's there's a lot of people that are treating him as such. He's he is not trying to ice out anybody. He's not trying to not pass to Michael Porter. I think that that's like it's just not Denver's design of the offense. And I've been thinking about this a lot about the situations where Murray would pass to Porter within Denver's offense. Denver runs horns. They run uh, one five flat. They run situations where the easiest outlet. And the smartest outlet most of the time for Murray is to pass to Jokic. And sometimes it's to pass to Aaron Gordon. And most of the time, that's where it is. They like He passes to KCP and Porter about the same because they're treated about the same in Denver's offense. Like That's just the style. That's just the coaching. That's just uh, the way that things are going. And that's how Denver's treated it pretty much all year. So, And it, like dating back multiple years. So I, I don't think that there is this vendetta I don't think they're like people talking about Murray being jealous of Porter's success. Like that, that's ludicrous. Who said that? Like, uh, I, I, I've seen that on the timeline a little bit. Um, what success? Yeah. Like, I mean, these guys they have won have championships together. They are, they are awesome. They are playing like, and the numbers bear it out that when they all play together, they've been great. I pulled this for like three man lineups on NBA.com. 
128.4 offensive rating is the second highest in the NBA. And then they also have a plus 18.4 net rating, which is second highest in the NBA behind only Boston's role player trio of Jalen Brown, Derek White, Kristaps Porzingis, which is interesting. It's, it's interesting that that's like that. But I just I need to get it across to people that Murray is doing what he's asked to do most of the time. And he does a really, really good job of it. Is he perfect? No, he had a horrible game. And I thought that his process in this last game was gross. Frankly, it was really, really bad going at Jalen Suggs over and over and over again, especially in the fourth quarter when Suggs is one of the best defenders in basketball and Murray's clearly tired and not having his best game. Like he should know better. He absolutely should. And he didn't do the right thing. Well, so spacing on the pick and roll wasn't even it wasn't even done well. Like and Sucks was doing a good great job of fighting over, but even that last possession when they hedge out and then he gets a switch with Mo. Bro, I was watching Murray, I'm like, bro, this dude's he's his he he doesn't even have the push off to get to the spot, like even to get to a nice little step back area or anything like that. But again, really the worst turnover was KCP because KCP got the ball, but it was like seven seconds on the shot clock. He tried that little dump off the Joker like he was Jamal. And then the ball just skids on the ground and gives a live ball turnover to Paulo Banchero, who makes both of the free throws, which is the yeah. other story here. Um, yeah, but again, y'all, this is the same execution thing that we had with OKC when they lost uh, the second time they played them, and they lost by one. And it's like, why are CB and Peyton on the court? You know, why is this going to happen? Why, you know, Lou Dort fought over the screen. Why didn't whatever? Like, why didn't Murray make the pass to, to Jokic? Like, bro, this is, this is what the regular season is. You figure out. A lot of these things. What works? What doesn't work? What will we do? What will we not do when it matters most? Y'all, again, I just want people to realize that they're 17 and 6 with Jamal this year. And this is without Jamal, you know, and Jokic and, and everybody else, like, being on the court together, playing well. Like, AG had a slump earlier this year. They have been cooking. And if they win again tonight, they got a great slate of games coming up. And then they got some really big games coming up after that, 76 or Celtics and Bucks all in the span of a few weeks. So I think some of this is you could be the Milwaukee Bucks and they can't stop a nose a nosebleed right now. They can't stop anybody. Yeah. They couldn't stop the Spurs, the Pacers. They can't stop anybody. So and they're and, and they traded picks and stuff for Dame. And they're wondering when Dame is going to start being himself. And then they're also looking at POA defense. So I think everything needs to be in context of as as frustrating as it is with Jamal. Jamal's also been really freaking good. And before the last two games, he was shooting 48% from three, too. So, you know, it's just not something I'm going to be super frustrated about. And especially like people don't have this context fully in their heads that Denver has played. I am not kidding. Half of their games have been associated with back to backs so mm -hmm. far, either the front end of a back to back or the back end of a back to back. They've played mm -hmm. nine back to backs, which is 18 games. And they played 37 total. So like that's that's crazy. That is a crazy schedule. And Denver's been dealing with the injuries. They've had a lot of stress on it. And coming off of a championship where you're playing into June, it is clear that Denver's tired. And like I'm in these locker rooms, I'm in these press rooms and the the podiums, and these guys are just dragging. Like Jokic clearly was not himself in this last, like he's he's not awesome with the media, to be clear. But like he he was he was not having it in this last uh, media session, and Michael Porter they finally let it slip that he's uh, he's hoping that they kind of open up the offense a little bit, so maybe they can um, 
maybe maybe we could talk about that on the other side. There's there's a lot to kind of talk about with the layers there. I'll probably read some quotes and then we could talk about some strategies. But uh, yeah, when we come back, we're going to answer the question: Is Michael Porter right about Denver's offense? Do they get too stagnant? Do they get too ball centric around Murray and Jokic? We're we're going to talk about that on the other side. But first. Everybody, we are changing the game. You can win some money this season with Superbook Sports, the most trusted name in sports gambling, with a direct line to Las Vegas. And now when you use the promo code MILEHIGH, you score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, Superbook will match your first bet up to $250 with promo code MILEHIGH. Download the Superbook Sports app, enter the promo code MILEHIGH, you'll get $250 courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Weekends with Swipa. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into the show. Make sure to leave a like and subscribe to the YouTube channel down below. Would really appreciate all the support as we continue to grow the Mile High Sports platform. All right, Swipe, we've got some uh, we've got some layers to the post game presser that happened on Friday. Uh, really interesting. After Denver had one of the best moments of the season, and you and I have talked. You and I talked about how. Michael Porter sat on the bench in that Thursday game against Golden yep. State. He was happy as a lark for his own guys. He was doing yep. everything that he could yep. to sure be supportive and be a great teammate. And then on Friday, we get a, a different sort of calculation there and a different sort of outcome there. And it certainly feels like Porter shared some some thoughts that he had about how uh, Denver could kind of open up the offense a little bit more. So uh, just initially, do you want me to read the quotes or do you want to just share initial thoughts first? <laughs> Sir, we are not an accurate news station. We don't care about quotes. We care about agendas. Please read the quote. <laughs> uh, all right. Michael Porter on the flow of his shot attempts in the second half. He was asked by Katie Wingy uh, how because sometimes the shot attempts run dry in the second half, and, and that, that was the the understanding of the context there. Quote, I think it's something we're collectively trying to master, continuing to find guys' shots throughout the game. Sometimes we play different in the first quarter than we do in the fourth quarter or whatever that may be. Aaron, for example, probably got most of his shots in the first quarter, didn't really touch the ball in the third quarter or fourth quarter much. So it's just figuring out when guys – it's a tough balance when you have a lot of guys who are very capable – Sometimes you go a long stretch without touching the ball. For me, I kind of realized that if I'm going to get my shots up, it's going to have to come in the flow of the game, and I'm going to have to be ready. I'm going to have to really, at times, be aggressive and things like that. So, yeah, it's still a balance we're trying to figure out. He was asked to follow up, and there was something about staggering. There was something about uh, just how he, uh, he, KCP, and Aaron Gordon all decide, like, they, they all kind of, should probably get up some more shots in, in the flow of these games. And I could read that, but I think we got the gist. We get the message. Uh, Porter has had this happen before where during the bubble, I know people very famously talk about Porter and talk about him being selfish and talk about him being like wanting to 
have his own agenda. He wants Michael, Michael shot taker junior kind of thing. That's, that's something that comes up. It's not like that. Porter's a smart basketball player and he's also really talented and he sees all the talent that Denver has on their roster and in their starting lineup. And if you just overload two guys, you're not going to get the maximum results that you can get. And so I think he's, he's right about this. Denver does have to open up the offense a little bit, even in clutch time. Porter's never been wrong about this. And I think it was mostly basketball fans understood there was a reasonable take in 2020. The only thing was he was a rookie and everything. And then he was like, you know, well, we have, we need to get better at getting out of the Jokic Murray two man game stuff. And I'm like, you know, he's right. Like you can't just do that the entire game, but the nuggets know that, you know why? Because they did it in the playoffs last year. So some of this is, is Porter. It's absolutely correct. It wasn't a dig at anybody and it didn't make him selfish to say it. Like this is how our offense needs to continue to work itself out. We have too much talent. You know, this is this is why this is funny, bro. Because you know what's going to happen? The Celtics are going to get in a playoff situation. They're going to be bombing threes. Tatum's going to be shooting pull-up threes. Derek's going to be shooting threes. Horford's going to be shooting threes. Jalen Brown's going to be shooting threes. They're not going to be going in. And they're going to be having conversations about why aren't they getting to the rim? Why aren't they attacking the rim? What is Joe Missoula doing? Or why is Jason Tatum not a better playmaker? They're going to have all these questions. The issues that the Nuggets are figuring out is that we have the most potent two-man game, basically per numbers of like the modern era. That's how good it is. Yeah. So we know we can basically get a shot 9.5 out of 10 times out of that two-man game. And the only times they didn't was this last game versus the Magic and that game they lost versus the Thunder. But, bro, that's not happening more than more, more times than not. So Porter's right. That when we're in this situation, Murray, Jokic, they do have to be able to see the entire court and understand the process in those moments a little bit better at times. Now, that doesn't mean that they're somehow being selfish, but sometimes when you're so locked into a rhythm, you can just miss things that are happening around you. And it's really not like a, it's not something that's a bad thing either. This is just what happens when the team has a healthy culture and like we want to play better together. We just spent the last – I know I spent the last couple of weeks talking about this with the Nuggets. The Nuggets have the healthiest culture in the NBA. They deal with stuff well. They respond to adversity well. They don't point fingers. Their superstar dang sure doesn't point fingers. So Michael Porter is simply alluding to a reality that the entire team is aware of, and Malone is aware of, that we have to continue to work on these things. So I honestly just wouldn't even be uh, – yeah, I just I just wouldn't be too pressed about it, Denver Nuggets folks. I think that a lot of this is if you got the best two man game in the league, and then you also have two of the best spot up shooters in the league, and one of the best finishers in the darker spot in the league. You saw it versus Golden State Warriors, right? Pass it out to Peyton, wide open three. Yeah, they crash and don't leave Peyton. Throw it up to AG. Yeah, and they've done this versus really good POA defenders before, but it was just that night. I think with the lack of rest, Ryan. The fact that Jalen Suggs is a DPOY level defender. He's great. Really freaking good. But again, they also got off of Marcus Smart before. So it's not that they can't do it, but I just don't think they were fully there. Like physically, I don't think they were fully there. But, you know, we'll see. So Jalen Suggs is in the top 10 in defensive EPM uh, mm -hmm. in the entire league. Like he's, he's very, very good. He's Alex Caruso level, Marcus Smart level. Uh, name, name a defensive player. He's probably at that level. 
Um, he's great. He's he's fantastic. And do I think that Murray made the wrong decision to attack that matchup? Yeah, I think that it should have been more Jokic post centric. I think it should have been more uh, space around him kind of centric. But if they were going to double and they're going to kick out, and sometimes sometimes things happen. But I want to share a couple of numbers here. In the clutch this season, the the clutch minutes, Denver's usage rates. Nikola Jokic, 40%. Jamal Murray, 23%. True shooting percentage. Nikola Jokic, 67.7. Jamal Murray, 67.8. <laughs> Assist rate, Jamal Murray's 36. Nikola Jokic, 33. <laughs> like, they are doing the thing, man. Like, I know people don't necessarily... Like, the, the process is the process, and Denver wasn't going to change the process last night. And the results were different, but generally the results are really, really good. And I know that it didn't feel great. I know Murray kind of wasn't at his best on Friday. Uh, I'm sure he'll be better on Sunday. Like I just, I just know that he will be. And he also sees this. He also understands that like he has to improve in certain reads and he does look for Mike throughout the game, especially in transition, especially like on ATOs, like he will identify him as a player that they got to find. Um, but sometimes during the regular flow, during the regular two-man game, it doesn't like it just doesn't go that way. So I, I think Denver can improve. I think they all are always seeking to improve, as Nikola Jokic alluded in his post-game presser with TNT. Um, like those are like they're they're trying to catch the Denver Nuggets of last year. They're trying to be better than the Denver Nuggets of last year. And there are ways that they can do that. Um they're already talked, better, by the way, by this yeah, point in the season. There's definitely like there's definitely some things that they can improve. Um, and here's my guy, Jeff Morton in the comments. Um, I think it's less about clutch time opportunities for Mike and more about him only getting four shots after halftime. That's more coaching than Jamal. Jamal's issues were separate from Mike. And here's where I, I agree with you, Jeff. Here's where I want Denver to improve. The stagger has to happen. And I know that you just said that Reggie Jackson and Jamal Murray don't play well together or at least it's not like working that well. And I agree with you. It's not that great. I think that Denver's got to find more opportunities for Mike to stagger with the second unit. Did I think that what? that's hand on the corner, not in the second unit. Like I, I think that he would like, they've got to come up with some plays. They've got to come up with some ISOs. They've got to come up with some reads where he's well, just I'm saying that that's what happens though. It's like Mike ends up going out there. He's almost used as a floor spacer for Reggie and for the rest of the offense, as opposed to an offensive like option. Because he's not necessarily getting the ball in those minutes, which I think is also a function. Because, and again, this is also again the way it's the way they use him. Because even remember when Joker doesn't play, he doesn't have like spectacular games. But that's not necessarily Mike's fault. I just I just don't think for whatever reason they have truly because you know Matt Moore and I've talked about this before. He's going to disagree. Well, what do you want to run more DHOs and stuff for Mike? I said, well, I think there's other things you can do, but I do think that. For whatever reason, Mike does not have a level he goes to offensively in this offense, except at the spot-up shooter, it feels like, when Jokic isn't playing with him. And I just don't think – I think there are other ways to use Mike. I don't know when they'll start doing those things, but I think even just with Keegan Murray in his role with the Sacramento Kings, if you want to say they have a, like a likeness as a player, Keegan also gets dribble handoff opportunity. He also gets pick-and-roll opportunity, but he's not like a great ball handler at all. But I'm saying – Working that into his game, I think it's a part of the process. I think they can do that more, Mike. Part of it is that Denver's bench offense is horrible, 
and right. they won't be able to set him up in those ways in like like asking Zeke Naji to run pick and roll with Michael Porter is like it, it is it's not a good idea um and it's not because of Michael Porter it's because of Zeke Naji uh, asking Reggie Jackson to be the setup man for Michael Porter on like let's say let's say it's like Rip Hamilton baseline plays like that's just not gonna like it's not gonna go well or maybe it will maybe we just got to see it try maybe we got to see them try it uh, I think that Denver can do that truth teller's been yelling his ass off in the comments here about Jamal being the one to stagger uh, okay if you want to do that then you're probably gonna have to cut Reggie Jackson out of the rotation and for some people that's probably fine but Denver's not at that stage yet because like the Jamal Reggie minutes just don't work. That's just not something that has ever I mean, worked. There's still a, I just looked it up. There's still a positive, but it's like a 110, 105, like a plus five. Like it's not like. And honestly, like, you got to, you got to divide between with Jokic and without Jokic right. because I know that those numbers will say right. with Jokic, they're like plus 15. Without Jokic, right. they're minus 20. So well, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like I just, I, I think that Denver in the playoffs will probably get to some lineups where they're going to go. Jamal at the one, AG at the five, Christian at the two, Mike at the three, Peyton at the four, something like that. And that's just going to be how it is. And that's, that's what playoffs are for, but it's not what regular season is for. So does Denver have to find more opportunities to get to those? I think so. Don't, don't, Hey, don't attack the messenger. Uh, But look, I wouldn't mind a little Jamal, Justin Holiday, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, plus AG. Um, to me, again, Justin's a perfect kind of nugget for me because I think he just slots in so well two to four, and we've already seen him with the starters. I just think mm-hmm. that if you're going to give Jamal the ball more, and we're saying, Jamal, you have the ball. Now you're going to optimize floor spacing around you because I think that Peyton Watson's three-point is real because his form is, says it's real. Um, he doesn't have a Ryan Blackburn form. I don't know if you've ever seen Ryan shoot the ball, but imagine someone throwing a brick into a very small hole in the ocean somewhere. Like I think that I do think that the more you can utilize spacing around Murray and a real – and, you know, it's a funny thing. Murray actually played well with DeAndre Jordan. Murray's yeah. actually a good passer. He's a really good passer. And so I think if you give him a real rim runner and not that, you know, ground-bound guy joker, then I actually think that they can work up really well. So I'll be, I'll, I'll be curious to see him more with a real like lob threat as opposed to, you know, obviously Zeke. It would be nice if they could actually add somebody like that's a more permanent situation for the backup right. five. Even if that guy isn't going to play in the playoffs, you know, you could get to those Jamal plus backup center lineups and be really good. Like, and mm-hmm. that would be, that'd be super helpful during the regular season when we're having these questions, when we're having these discussions. And I know a lot of people aren't necessarily going to want to hear that, but, it would be helpful for everybody involved if you just had a functional option there. And Denver just, it's, it's been a couple of years, man. Been, Ooh, been, been a couple of years. Backup center besides uh, Andre Drummond in the league right now. Uh, bro, give me Nick Richards from the Chicago, from the Charlotte Hornets. Like, yeah, how Nick awesome Richard. would that be? Shoot, even Mo Wagner. I mean, they're not going to get rid of him because Franz, obviously, they're not getting rid of the brothers, but um, shoot him. Oh, I've got some names. I've got some names I've been thinking about. Dayron Sharp would be great. Dayron Sharp would be great. Uh, now, in terms of like vertical spacers, probably not like you're not getting Xavier Tillman, but he could actually pick and pop and do some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jock Landell, who everybody no, was super, no, like, no, not good enough. No, no, uh, no way. Yo, Mike Muscala pick and pops. Let's go. Uh, no, <laughs> they need they need defenders too. No thanks. 
Yeah, I it's it's actually pretty limited, but um, Andre Drummond's probably one. Nick Richards, Dayron Sharp's probably not available. But you, I you would, know what's funny is Andre Drummond and uh, Alice Caruso have more value to contenders than Demar Derozan and Zach Levine. I think that's the funniest thing. Man, those guys! It is like trying to model your game after Kobe in 2024 is probably not a great idea. Like Demar Derozan, yeah, yeah, Kobe. I mean, he's always tried to do that. I forgot Ryan wasn't a Kobe fan. That's right. No, it's 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 for for a guy like De, of Demar Derozan's caliber is a little different. <laughs> it's just a little different. But you're right. I'm not a Kobe guy, uh, just in general. But um, no, it's it's it's. Well, you don't think Kobe's in the goat discussion? You haven't seen the 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 feud that's been developing online. I don't even want to like. I don't want to touch that because I am. Uh, it, January sixth was yesterday, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ryan, I didn't talk to you all day yesterday. How was it? Oh man, no, we we talked yesterday. Come on now, we talked. Don't don't even don't even trip. We we made jokes yesterday. It was hilarious. It was awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh, no. <laughs> How was it, you motherfucker? <laughs> oh gosh, I tried. Um, I didn't bring it up. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. I did. Um, no, I think I think in general, uh, Denver's going to be fine, folks. Like they have been playing a not stagger. Like they've been playing hockey lineups for the most part. I think they're going to go down to nine pretty soon. And once they go down to nine, then they'll stagger one of Murray or Who Porter. Do you think the nine are for sure? Do you think it's uh, it's Christian, Christian, Peyton, Reggie, and then you think it's uh, like Zeke? Think I think it's probably one of the bigs. I think it's okay. probably either Zeke or DeAndre. And it could go back and forth. Like, I don't care which one it is, honestly. But you just need you need one of those guys to play 12 minutes. And if they can't get you 12 minutes, then that's a problem. But uh, honestly, who? Like, Ben Mack says uh, Braxton. What about Braxton Key as backup five? He'd, he'd no. rim well. He look, he's huge, but no. Yeah. That's he's a big good. dude. That's like a. He's a boxy, a boxy guy. Like that's a that's a big guy. He'd be he'd be able to replicate the AG at five minutes pretty well, I think. Like especially against a second unit, that would that wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. So, um, okay, well let's let's take a break. When we come back, we're gonna chat about this upcoming week, and uh, it kind of it's it stays a little bit easy for for a little bit here, and then it's gonna get way harder next week. So we're gonna we'll we'll chat about that too. But first. Uh, let's, uh, let's chat with our guy or let's chat with Kim Becker. What's up guys. Kim Becker here with mile high sports. Make sure you guys are following us on social media so that you never miss a mile high sports daily Monday through Friday morning. We'll post a video hosted by me catching you up on everything you need to know when it comes to sports right here in the mile high state, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you name it. We're there and we've got you covered for everything Colorado sports. at it pickaxe and roll thank you everybody for hopping in make sure to hit that like button that subscribe button on the mile high sports app i see we've got some folks in here really appreciate it i know everybody's about to dip for football don't 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 dip just yet we're gonna chat about this upcoming week for the nuggets and, and what to really expect uh denver's got a game tonight against the uh the fighting detroit pistons and that's at 6 p.m everybody so 
Uh, Swipa, your thoughts initially on that game and just what we can expect from Denver after a uh, a loss on Friday night. Kay Cunningham's dog, and Kay Cunningham is going to be right there next to Paulo. And uh, who's that next gen? I'm not talking about Anthony Edwards, and they're solidified. Paulo, Cade Cunningham, and maybe like a uh, – they're probably going to be my next two like really young players that are coming up that are going to kind of storm the league. Um, I think that Cade is a great dude, man. Like he's been going through a horrific situation. Coaching doesn't make sense. Lineups don't make sense. They, I don't know what they're building around him. They're not playing their draft picks. Like Jaden Ivey's getting inconsistent minutes at times. It's him and Duran, basically. Like, so I think they're going to play really hard tonight. They've been playing really hard versus everyone. They gave the Warriors fits, the Celtics fits. They're going to continue to fight. And so today will be another one of those games where the Nuggets will have to, they'll have to put on their mask for their, their hero mask for, you know, the third quarter. You see if they can get up 18, 20, close the quarter like that, and then you can put them away. But if, if it's a, a eight point game, six point game, four point game, oh yeah, it's going to be a dog fight down stretch. Yeah, don't don't even worry about it. They're going to fight. Detroit's been fighting against a lot of teams. Boston uh, a couple weeks ago, they just gave it to Golden State until Steph hit some crazy shots uh, on Friday nights, and that's just that's just what he does. Yes. Um, everybody by Denver apparently. I guess, yeah, I guess I guess not against Denver though, but um, but no, it's it's interesting to see whether Denver will get a good Detroit performance or a bad one because they did just play against the Houston Rockets and got blown out. So. You got to put them away early if you're going to put them away. And that's that's kind of how it's got to go. Um, then Denver goes at Utah on Wednesday. They get a couple days off. That'll be helpful. Denver hasn't been fantastic when they have two days off and then have to travel for whatever reason. They just don't necessarily lock in as much. Uh, Utah just uh, just played Philly tough. I know Philly did not have uh, Joel Embiid for some reason. Can't imagine what, what the reason was. Um, but... It was interesting to see Utah kind of do that. And, and they've surprisingly like some of the some of the games that they play are blowouts, but they've been competitive in a lot of others. So that'll be a tough one. Who, too. who was the Utah game that just went to that, that Detroit game? Didn't they go blow for blow like in the 140s? I think so. That, yeah, was, that was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. College <laughs> is playing really well. Uh, our, obviously, Lori Walker. I mean, they got a nice squad, man. They got some hoopers on there. And Jordan Clarkson, triple-double, had back-to-back triple-doubles in like a 30-point game as well. It's wild. Like, hey, uh, Jordan Clarkson up in that trade value, and they're definitely not going to trade him because they love him. And Ryan Smith, the owner, loves him in, in Utah. Um, So that would be a and tough one, too. Awesome. Utah, so it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you just got to – it's – it's. Uh, never mind. I'm not going to make that joke. Uh <laughs> Uh, Friday, Denver plays versus New Orleans. New Orleans comes into town. That's going to be another tough one. New Orleans has been playing some really good basketball lately. They They're are doing very well. They've gone inverse the Lakers since the in-season tournament. Interesting how that works. That's interesting. That's fascinating. Uh, but Lakers ten and three as well. Their last thirteen. Yeah, Zion's great. Ingram continues to do what he does. But they've also got back Trey Murphy and Larry Nance and Jose yeah, Alvarado. Roll bigs in the league and. Jonas as well. Hey, he's he's he gave uh he gave Jokic buckets a little bit in the last matchup. So I all, all of these dudes from Lithuania and the, any Balkan region European big, they're all yeah, absolutely they're all going to play as hard as they can versus Jokic. I'm not even yeah. surprised. It's a, it's 20, a 2015 game. It's on the table. <laughs> Damn, uh, that'll be uh that'll be tough. That'll be another tough one. Even though like like 
in a vacuum, Detroit at Utah versus New Orleans and then versus Indiana. That'll be a uh, Bruce Brown's ring game. He'll come back in. And I know everybody's really excited about that. Really excited to see Bruce back. And like there's like all four of those games, they should technically be easy ones for Denver, huh? but they're not going to be. Like, no, no, no. This is not the old Nuggets, Brian. This is the champions. What do you mean? You're not getting that performance from anyone. You're gonna they're gonna give the best shot from all these teams. They're all trying to measure up, prove themselves. Y'all were playing the NBA champions, y'all. So make sure we gotta bring out our A game and also, you know, all the coaches that look like me, they got a mustache just like this. We're yeah. playing, we're, we're playing versus the NBA champion Denver Nuggets. We gotta make sure that we're locking in and doing what we're supposed to do, y'all. So this is the thing. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I think these games, they're going to be the favorites. The problem is, is that, especially Tyrese Halliburton. Now, we'll see what KCP does with him this year. And Peyton Watson and Christian Brown. Tyrese is a monster. And that little step back three with that nasty form that he has. Ugh, it's nasty. I mean, nasty form. But it goes in, and he's it's money. And they have a nice roster. They have the perfect kind of roster that can give them fits at times. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be – it should be a good week. They could and should win every game. The reason why it's important for Denver to be good, they they have to go at least three and one, and hopefully four and zero oh in this stretch, yeah. because they're about to go on a five game road trip, and it's it starts next week at Philly, at Boston, at Washington, at Indiana, at New York, and then they come home and play Philly and Milwaukee, and then they go on the road for at OKC. So like the rest of January is going to be shit. Like it is going to be a dogfight for the entire time. About this is the Pacers are a winning team. 76ers, Celtics, Pacers, Knicks, 76ers, Bucks, Thunder. So this is their toughest stretch this season. Yeah. uh, In terms of winning teams, but I don't know, man. This is the thing, bro. They haven't beat it. They haven't won in Boston in I don't know how long. Like it's been some years since they won in Boston. But I'll be curious to see how everybody responds because they play. They got a day off. In between the Pacers 76ers game, they got two days off before they play Boston. Yeah. So they should ostensibly be good to go because they're not leaving. They're not coming back to, to Denver. They're going to be in Philly and then they got to play in Boston in two days. So, you know, hopefully Jamal Murray will be rested up because that's going to be their their POA defense isn't even crazy. They, they, have, they have on paper a great POA defense, but they haven't been, you know, necessarily like versus league guards. I mean, they don't suck. They, they're they're pretty good at that. <laughs> like Derek White is all, all star. Derek White, why don't you? No, oh, uh, he's been he's been good, man. I, I know you're and you're, you're definitely not into is that. He better than sure. Jalen Brunson? Is he better than Trey Young? Better than Halley? Better than any of those players? No, the answer. When no. you when you say better, like that's that's a different conversation. He's not but, playing like, better than any of those players. I think he's more valuable right now than some of no, those guys. And who? Oh, you do not want to hear my answer. Trey Young? <laughs> yeah. A clear number one on this option, averaging 28 and 10? Are you crazy? Trey's, he has Trey's... to do everything. Their team sucks. Yeah, I mean, that's, that is true. That's not Trey's fault. That's that not Trey's true. fault. Don't you even dare. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Boston is second in offense, second in defense. They are. They're a great regular season team. I'm not disrespecting that at all. But you're also going to say that you just saw Shea versus Boston. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here to rile you up. We're we're gonna do an all-star discussion. Did you see, did you see the uh what is it in Utah? Uh no in Boston. Did you see uh did you see a white sign 
I was laughing so hard. I saw that. I'm like, man, that's a little on the nose, isn't it? Like Boston had the reason to hold this sign up now. Yeah, <laughs> that was so funny. Oh, my gosh. It's oh, by just... the way, Ryan, did you see who Jujutsu Kaisen wow. board for the wall that I got? Yes. If I, have, are, I have never seen Jujutsu Kaisen. It is an amazing show. This is one of the best uh, best kinds of these shows you can see. Yeah. Yara over in Atlanta, you can grab you something like this. This is this is spectacular. I love this. If I, love I need this. if I needed to watch three animes in my life, what would they be? Uh, see, this is the problem. I think that I would say go shorter. Okay, I would want you to get a good experience. I'm, I'm not watching I'm, One Piece. I'm sorry. I think Attack on Titan is short enough, but it's an elite series okay. i think for me personally for me black clover is an elite series i love black clover i think that would be something you can watch it's on the nose too. Also say, go ahead i'm just kidding i said that's on the nose too <laughs> black clover um i would say last one i mean dragon ball z is obviously the first love for a lot of us but it's, yeah. it has different iterations i would say the next probably would be like maybe demon slayer that's I've, I've actually that. watched the first two arcs of Demon Slayer. Right. So Demon yeah. Slayer is really freaking good. So I would say those would probably be the three that I think would work best for, you know, maybe getting into it. All right. I've got some homework. I've got some homework on this podcast. We'll uh, we'll have to revisit. And Wait, then, uh, we, you know, Ron, we need to do, we need to do like a gaming review uh, uh, like series one day because you bro. are a sleepy gamer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, we, we could, we could talk for hours about that. That would be great. That would be a lot you of play fun. Spider-Man 3? Uh, say it again. Have you played Spider-Man 3? No. Uh, it's only Spider-Man 2, isn't it? Or Spider-Man 2. two, two, uh, two, two. I, I haven't. I've played uh I've played the first one. I, I wasn't a fan of the mechanics of it. It was hard, it was kind of hard for me to pick up. I've I've played God of War, I've played uh like I some of the other tough mechanics games. Like I, I like Last of Us and things like that. But no, we yeah. got we gotta save this for the next podcast. Let's let's save it. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, so uh, Ryan, what's your what's your prediction for the upcoming uh, week in terms of record? Upcoming week versus Detroit at Utah versus New Orleans versus Indiana. Uh, it's safer to say three and one, but I'm going to do it. I think they go four and zero, and then they lose to the Pistons tonight. Okay, all right. No, um, <laughs> no I'm counting. I'm counting Detroit. I'm counting yeah. Detroit. Like in, in this week, pick action uh, controller. <laughs> I like that. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I like that one. Um, I'm going to say 4-0 as well because they play the Pelicans at home. And they play the Pacers. Uh, I'll say 4-0. They get, that gets them to 29-12. And that mm-hmm. gets them to 17-3 and in their last uh, 20. And then yeah. they went 19-3 and last year when they went on um, a crazy run. So that fits my agenda. That's what I said. I said once they had that three game losing streak, they're probably going to go on one of these runs. And everybody was like, this is him last year's swipe. Ah, I know how this is. 17 to three. It's true. It is, it is fascinating that if, the, if they were to go four and out, so, okay, three, they've got uh, nine there, 11 there. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty close to that, man. Like, you just immediately turn it around, immediately figure it out. That would be. Like after those that Jokic bad shooting performance, that would be the immediate result. After that, would be we're going to win every game, other than these random ones. Yeah, which two, I mean, two frankly, have been two two Orlando games or you know two OKC games, including one on a second night of back to back, and one Orlando game on a second night of a back to back. 
Yeah, that, they, they should have won that first one versus the Thunder. If they would have played their starters, they probably would have won that game. But, yeah. yeah, I think the Thunder game on the back-to-back. And the, yeah, that's, that's the thing, bro. They, the thing about the three losses they have, Payne Watson and Christian Brown were in, whatever, dud. And then they lost to uh, Orlando on the back-to-back, dud. And then they lost to the to the Thunder when they – uh, Huh? It was That one was the back-to-back, too. Yeah, it was back-to-back, and AG didn't play. So, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's it's gonna be fine. Everybody's fine. So, uh, I, well, I want to. I do want to see them play Minnesota. Me sure. too. Denver's is, next is, matchup against yeah. the T Wolves is. Oh God, it's not for a while till March. But that's that they right? have three. They have three games versus the Wolves. Then they have two in March, and they got one in April. March nineteenth, March 29th, April tenth. Good God, 10th. gotta wait until that long. Holy shit. So Those games are going to mean something. Be, that might be deciding that last April 10th game could decide the first seed if if the Nuggets actually want to play for that by that point. Yeah, we'll see. They uh they they've I think they've shown that they're okay with the second or third seed. Yeah, so, we'll see. But we'll I don't see. think the Thunder are making it. I don't I don't think the Turbos are making it out of the second round, but you know, that's just me. So it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> Everybody, that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll Weekends with Swipe Edition. Really appreciate everybody for hopping in. Uh, thank you so much for all of the positive support, all of the the uh, awesome times that we've been able to share on this podcast. Uh, Jujutsu Kaizen's making an appearance in this final this final cut. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning. Hey, we kind of look the same. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> uh, we really really appreciate y'all. Uh, we'll talk to you guys very soon. Thank you.